Is that you wishing away there? Hi everybody, um, welcome to Haha, <laughs> <laughs> wrong term memory, my name's Jack. <laughs> and um, yeah, wishing along, my name's Colin. Um, I, I don't know why, but that little tune gets me every week. It's such a earworm, isn't it? Yeah, it's a catchy wee number, Happy Clappy by some guy out there who put it Aye. on for royalty-free use, so it got blagged, and it is our catchy little number. Uh, Christmas is almost upon us, mate. It is, yeah, so th- this is going out on Monday the 21st, so yeah, pretty close. Looking forward to it, it's going to be an odd Christmas, different from usual, um, especially in the last couple of days and changes and stuff like that, but it's still Christmas, mate, it's still pigs and blankets, it's still presents, it's still only fools and horses on the telly, it's it's all good. Yeah, it is. Um, we'll be honest with you listeners, myself and Colin were at a kind of works party almost, like a Zoom party thing um, a couple of nights ago. And I'll be honest, I still feel awful, man. And this is two days later. I don't know how, I don't know how people do it, like nonstop. You know, there's people that are. I suppose when you were younger, you could get away with it, but it's fooled me for two days. What about yourself, mate? How are you feeling? You recovered yet? Uh, I'm in. I'm in the same place as you, mate. So it was Friday night, and I think we started. We started our Zoom call at seven o'clock or half past seven. I think it was. And it was half past four or five o'clock in the morning. <clears> I turned my computer off. Ridiculous! I'm thirty six years of age. It's just a stupid way to be behaving. <laughs> I think we, um, we, we actually tried to record <laughs> at like half four in the morning for some reason. Know how you get those ideas after? Well, when you're pissed, basically, we thought it'd be a good idea to try and whip a recording together to see if it's doing it now. It didn't work. <laughs> we'll it be did, honest yeah. with you. <laughs> our, our voices are so slurred. We're talking nonsense. Um, we even brought our friend Marina onto the recording just because she was at the party as well. And bless her, um, she had no chance with us because we were just a drunken disgrace. Um, yesterday was a write-off, Jack. I got up about lunchtime. I went to Burger King. Um, scrammed a big Burger King meal. That didn't help me. I drank two glass bottles of Iron Brew. That didn't help me. And I only just started to feel better last night after a Domino's. And then today I woke up thinking I'd be fine. I'm still feeling shit. So yeah, I've basically lost my Saturday and my Sunday. But hey, it was a good laughing Friday night. I enjoyed it. And it's always good to spend time with you. So it's all good, I suppose. Aye, that's it. I watched a little bit of football on the telly at a point today, but I fell asleep on the couch. Tried to push this recording back even further because I felt awful. But <laughs> we're here now. And we'll, we'll do a bit of Christmas stuff later on, Colin. But a shout out to one of my favourite websites, uh, Mental Floss. Now, I put you onto this recently, and it's there's tons of different articles on it, and I think it's a really interesting website. So, what we've basically done is, you, you might get to know us, we kind of, in inverted commas, steal content, right? <laughs> but it's on the internet for us to read, and we're just basically delivering it to you in a different format. Colin, you found an interesting article, basically, called 48 Things You Didn't Know Had Names. We're not going to cover all 48 of them, but... Some of them are quite interesting, you know, like things, basically what the article says, things you didn't know had a name. So, do you want just yeah, a couple a of whatever, we'll just sort of bat yeah, through these and see, see if there's any sort of really interesting ones, because I've brought some along and you've brought some, so I've not looked at yours and vice versa, I don't think, so let's see, let's see how this goes before we go on to some listener mail and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the thing for this about this, the thing about this for me is that it's not so much the names interesting in themselves, it's more the fact that a lot of this stuff is like words for verbs or words for things that you you just would never have thought had a name. And then it's quite interesting to find out how this names came about and stuff like that. So yeah, 
Um, the first one that I came across was Dysania. Dysania, which means having difficulty getting out of bed in the morning. Not just in the way that you just kind of want to crawl under the covers. Um, you literally just don't feel up to get out of bed. Um, it can impact people's lives in a number of different ways. But it's called Dysania. Any ideas why, Jack? And I don't know the answer, so I'm not like, trying to trick you. Just wondering um, if you, you're, usually, you're usually quite good at working this stuff out. Well, this, when it comes to things like this, like dyslexia and stuff like that, and dysmorphia, it usually means you're missing something or something like something's not right. So it says it's not officially recognised as a medical condition, but it kind of sounds like, what do you call that one? Sorry, where it's like chronic fatigue syndrome, basically. Oh, like, like sad or something? No, that's more the seasonal effectiveness disorder, I think, that where the lack of sunlight gets you down, uh, lack of vitamin D or whatever. But I'm pretty sure it's chronic fatigue syndrome. Or Emmy. Does that ring a bell? Anyway, it says yeah, that this that's... isn't a recognised medical condition, but it kind of sounds like one. You know, if you're if you're that ill or that tired all the time, there's got to be there's there's something wrong. You know, doesn't matter. Like we don't sleep a lot. We've covered this a few times, but like I can get generally, I can I can get myself up and out of bed. You know, so when it's having that bigger impact in your life, you would think it would be a recognised medical condition, but it's quite interesting that it isn't. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose I, I suppose it's just the, the research and the science still to be done to classify it properly because it definitely sounds like it's something that does deserve to be official. I would say. Um, mm. I've certainly I've certainly experienced it the last two days anyway, so I can speak from experience. I know that that's got the technical name hangover, mate. So. Oh right, okay, okay. Well, maybe once that later, actually, because there is another word for that. We'll come on to later on. Is there? Yeah. What was the next one in your list? My list. Let me see. Uh, my list is uh, a different bit. So, um, you know, you get a doppelganger. Yes. You can get a Google ganger. Did you know this? This is the person with your name, basically that shows up in your Google search. So if you search yeah. yourself, I don't know if you do that, Colin. Um, I think I may have done it in the past, and f- I think I, go. <laughs> I, I, I've got Google Alerts set up that's in my email every time my name gets put on the internet. Right. Okay. And who's your Google ganger then? Is there somebody else that pops up a lot? Because you're not yeah, going to be like, like no offense, you're not going to be on Google that much. A fair bit, um, but the about that, mate. Yeah, yeah. the one the one that does appear more often is a is a boxer from the eighties who I share a name with. Um, so he's called um, Colin Sweet C McMillan, and he is a black, <laughs> yeah, Colin Sweet C McMillan. Oh, he's a black it? boxer from the the late eighties, early nineties. And he literally couldn't look more different to me or be more different to me. Um, but he, he comes up all the time, does the old sweet sea. I kind of remember when Facebook first started looking up a bunch of people with my name. My name's quite a common name, but pops up quite a lot. So I think I might have sent a few messages out saying, ah, you've got the same name as me type of thing. But I don't know how many people get back to me, if any. This was at the very sort of start, I suppose, of sort of social media and being able to easily search people with your name so it's probably a little bit of a weirdo back in the day sending out those messages but mate i can top that right honestly i i was in i still have an east Coast right mm. which is a it's a wee place just outside of glasgow uh, that wishes it was in glasgow right and i was in a chip shop in east Coast in a queue uh, waiting for the chippy and this guy caught to me and said you're calling mcmillan and right. I, was, I had no idea who he was right i'd lived in east Coast for a while but 
I didn't really know him in East Kilbride. I did all my socialise and all my pals and that were still in Glasgow. So literally, East Kilbride is where I lived and it was the closest place to get to my work. But I didn't ever really go out and about, didn't know any of the locals or the natives or anything, right? The natives. And <laughs> this, um, this guy, genuinely in the chip shop, you're Colin Millen. How you doing, Colin? Right? And I was like, I don't know who you are, mate. He goes, I'm Colin Millen too. I've looked you up on Facebook. I look up all the Colin Millens. Right, right, okay. <laughs> this, this fucking freak, right, had done that. He hadn't added me as a friend or anything like that, but he'd obviously studied my pictures and stuff enough that he would recognise me in a chip shop. And it, it genuinely freaked me out. I was like, oh, right, that's cool, mate, nice one. <laughs> Literally ran fucking out Fucking running away, man. Yeah. yeah, you know when Alan Partridge when he goes back to that guy's house and it's all just pictures <laughs> of him? <laughs> that's genuinely how I felt. But yeah, so... There is a lot of weirdos out there, so you adding some pals on Facebook is not as bad as it gets. Yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure my memory's pretty bad, but I'm pretty sure I've done that at some point um, at the beginning of Facebook because it was such a new thing then. Like, you know, you could find other people with your name. So I have done that. Um, never bumped into any of my Google gangers outside, and even if I did, I don't think I'd be walking up to them saying, hey, you're Jack. Because that would freak them out, which it clearly <laughs> it really did to would. you, man. Yeah. Um, was there not a there was a there was a TV show about it? Dave Gorman did did a version of it, did he not? Are you like Dave TV. Gorman? I think it was called. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did a book and a TV show. I think. Um, ironically enough, on the Dave TV channel, I think actually as well. It would have he, been he probably did, yeah. He was one of the early guys, you know, for really exploiting the internet and making it a bit of a business for himself in terms of nowadays we turn on the TV. Basically, the TV is YouTube now, and YouTube is the TV. But he got onto that quite early, the old internet stuff and the clips from the internet and really exploiting it and stuff like that. He was ahead of his time a wee bit in some ways, that guy. Dave Gorman was the first sort of famous person that ever spoke to me on Twitter when it first started. Oh, nice. Yeah, I tweeted him saying, like, do a new book or something, because at the time I would have been reading Google Whack, the Google Whack adventure, which was when you you type in two words to Google and you only get one search result back. Yes, uh and then you try and find out who created that page, basically, and try to find them. Yeah, he was very much sort of yeah ahead of the curve, I suppose. He's got that modern life as good. He's I quite like Dave Gorman. I think he's quite he's quite good at was what he, at what he does. You know, was he nice to you on Twitter? <clears throat> yeah, pretty nice to me, man. He said, "Oh, I'm dead busy just now touring or whatever." I think he would have been touring at the time. So this was many years ago, like uh, when, when Twitter was sort of taking off. Yeah, my first one on Twitter was Paul Daniels, and he was a dick, but I was a dick to him, so it's fine, and he's dead now and I'm not, so I'm the winner. Well, yeah, I suppose you are the winner, uh, in inverted commas. Yeah, right, we'll move I on. made him disappear. <laughs> oh dear. Um, next one I have got, and, and I don't even know why I picked this, because the most interesting thing about this would be trying to fucking say it. I'll say what it is first of all, so an obsessive nose-picking. Basically, not just having the odd kind of pick at your snout. This is basically people that spend their life literally with their hands up there, literally obsessive about having a clean nose, basically. It's called rhinotelexomania. Yeah, I think you've done quite well there. That's not, that's not bad go at it. When you hear rhino, it, yeah, rhinoplasty, etc., you would, well, it means it's a scientific term for your nose. So it makes sense, that one. I don't... It's a... No. Are you going, mate? Sorry. I was going to say, it's a funny thing picking your nose, Jack, right? Because you pick your nose, right? Because it's generally speaking, unless you've got a mad disorder, right? You pick your nose because there's something in it which is affecting your breathing, right? Or it's making you uncomfortable. 
it's as natural as blowing your nose. It's as natural as coughing. It's as natural as probably taking a drink when you you've got a dry throat. But for some reason, it's got this stigma attached to it, and you won't sit in a bus and do it in public. You wouldn't sit in your work and do it. But you would think nothing else of doing any of those other things that I mentioned. I wonder why picking your nose is seen as such a a weird thing to do. I think it's because of the what happens after it. If you pick your nose, something comes out. It's then where do you put that? Like I think yeah. if when you're picking your nose and uh, a snorter comes out, basically, where are you going to put that? Because if you had a hanky, you would have just blown your nose. So when you pick your nose, you're, you're almost admitting, look, I don't have a hanky on me to blow it, so I'm going to pick it out. It's then, where was it going? Under the table, under a chair? Because if you had a hanky, you would have just blown your nose. So I think that's why it's maybe got a bit of a stigma attached to it, because you're wiping it somewhere. There was a there was a guy who wrote a book, a guy called Stefan Gates, who who wrote a book about this sort of thing. Um, it was a book about general mucus and various things like that. And he said that he did a survey and 44% of people had eaten their own bogies before and admitted that they liked it. Never even... Which, the thought has never crossed my mind to stick anything that's come out my nose into my mouth. Never. No, me, me neither. I, I, it just sounds like the most ridiculous thing ever because you're you're basically something's up there that shouldn't be there and you're taking it out to then put it back in you again. Uh, another one I've heard that's kind of similar to that is even worse probably is people have tasted their own uh, spunk Oh no No. Surely not. Yeah but I think that's been quite a common thing, I, I don't know how common is common but I think people have yeah, well oh, I'll have a wee taste of that when they were younger or something again I thought that's never fucking crossed my mind. Yeah, no, where, where do you draw the line with that? Are they, are they these same people having like a, a wee drink of pish and I bought a fucking jobby sandwich at some point? Like, what is oh, going jobby on? sandwich. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Why? Oh. It's just mental. Um, so I, but it does, it does always, I've always kind of wondered why pick your nose is such a, a, a thing that you shouldn't do and people look down at you if they see you doing it when it's probably worse to not do it and sit there fucking struggling to breathe. What's the next one you've got? A phobia. This this one hits home to me hard. A pelladophobia is the fear of bald people, basically. And it's also probably more specifically the fear of becoming bald. So it's most frequently suffered by basically balding people going bald and basically f- facing their worst fear. So you're scared, of, you're scared of baldness and then you start to go bald. That would be, be pretty torturous if... Now, I did shout out Mental Floss being one of the, the, the more well-researched websites. I don't know how real this is and how many people it affects. I don't have any stats on that because there are some phobias out there on the internet that have kind of passed into parlance that are just not true, you know? Like, do you remember the very specific one? The fear of that there's a duck watching you. <laughs> No, I, I genuinely have never heard oh, that right. one. Okay, it was quite, see, I thought it was quite a common one that floated about the internet a couple of years ago. Was it was getting passed off as fact? Like there's people out there that are scared that there's a duck watching them, and it's just kind of one of those things that get put in the internet to see what people would believe. But right, I can okay. kind of see a fear of going bald being a thing. Yeah, I don't know if it's a vanity thing or if it's if it. Why you've got quite a full head of hair, mate? Have you got a fear of going bald? Like, yeah, I've got a massive fear of going bald. Why? Because 
I, I, I've got I've got quite nice hair, right? And it's something I've always had quite nice hair. And I've done a couple of like these apps on my phone and stuff like that that shows you what you look like, bald. And I don't like it. <laughs> right. Okay. And I, I just don't. I, I know that underneath all that hair, I've probably not got all that nice looking ahead, right? And I, I imagine if it's bald, it'll look weird. I don't, I'm not a big fan of wearing hats either, and I think my go-to would be to start wearing hats as well, and I don't really want to do that. So, yeah, I do have a fear of it. And people know I've got a fear of it. You've been witness to this. We've got some really good friends of ours that take great delight in telling me that I'm going bald, and I'm fucking not, right? It's fucking bullshit. But people people kind of pick, pick in at your insecurities with stuff like that and try and wind you up, and I, I bite for it every single time. Um, this whole um, piladophobia, though, it's not just a fear of becoming bald. It's also just a fear of bald people. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Imagine like waking up in the morning, maybe... you're shaking yourself when you look in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a bald, there's a bald man. Mm-hmm. But apparently, it can originate if you have an unpleasant experience with a bald person. So, say you're in a car accident, there's a bald person that crashes into you, or a bald person skips your space in the queue at the supermarket or something like that. That can lead to you becoming scared of all bald people because you kind of tar them with the same baldy brush. <laughs> a baldy brush, yeah. Uh, just a just a brush. But yeah, it comes from the Spanish word for hair for bald, which is palado, which I didn't oh, know right, until okay. a couple of minutes ago. That's where that, that comes from. It seems from, like a, so... a bit of a strange language to take something from. Like it always seems to be Latin and Greek and those type well, of classical language that you you take these things from, not just like it's Spanish. Latin and Latin and Spanish not quite similar? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Or I, I, like, I'm, I'm saying that because they sound alike, right? <laughs> They're probably nothing like each other. But that's kind of where my, my brain would go with that. So, paladophobia. So, being scared of being bald or being scared of the bald people. Yes. This, this is a funny one because I could probably, between us, I bet you we could probably name 20 different words for this thing. But another name for a hangover is the zings, apparently. Sounds very American to me, which is which can be the case with this mental floss. It's yeah, very much Americanized. So yeah. I, I hadn't heard this before. No, I haven't either. Um, apparently, too much to drink, and you'll have the zings the next day, which is just a rather peppy name for a hangover. I, I don't know. Like, I'm not a big fan of words replacing other words for no reason, and I don't really think the word hangover needs replaced with the zings. So I'm not really into that at all. I, I can't. I don't. I don't think I'll ever be a time in my life where I turn around to my wife and say, "Fucking at least I'm dying with the zings today." No, I don't, don't think, think so. That'll happen. Don't think so. I don't like it. But yeah, that, maybe that is an American one more than anything else. Yeah, a couple of rapid fire ones. Do you know the space between your eyebrows has got a name? It's called the uh, glabella. Yeah. Mm, I I know that now. I didn't before. I've I've never even thought about that having a name. That's that's what's interesting about this for me is finding out words for things that you've never even considered having a name, never mind not knowing what that name is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that kind of clean greenish aroma that when raindrops hit the ground, um, that's called petrichor. Right. See, I read this and I thought, I don't know if I can smell that smell because I have heard people speak about it. Oh, they smell a fresh rain or whatever. I can smell freshly cut grass. That's basically grass screaming out, ah, I'm dying, to warn the other grass that, like, it's getting cut. Basically, so... Well, it's that, not. Yes, that, it is. That lovely smell of freshly cut grass is grass screaming its last death. Like, basically saying, right. ah, to warn its grass pals right. that 
it's fucked. <laughs> you sound like a mad vegetarian. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not having that. I'm going to look that up later. But you sound pretty adamant by it. So grass screams to warn other bits of grass. Yeah, that smell that it gives out is to warn its grass pals that oh. look something bad's happening to me here. A grass is a grass, right? Okay. A grass is a grass, exactly. <laughs> Um, so this that that one for me, I think, is probably because we're both city guys, and we're used to rain hitting concrete. I reckon if that was like rain hitting grass, rain hitting fields, hitting anything yeah. that's not a pavement, you'd probably be, be more used to that sort of smell and that sort of aroma that comes from the rain, sort of thing. Yeah, I don't want to come across all weird, but I quite like the sound of the rain, especially at night time. Oh, no, that's not weird, mate. Like I, I used to have a noise up. And one of my favourite ones was, like, for sleeping, basically, because I did sometimes still do struggle to sleep, but my favourite one was the, like, being in a jungle in a tent, so it's like the rain hitting the tent, and the sort of right, okay. cricket, like, wee cricket noises and stuff like that. I quite like that one to try to get to sleep, so the sound of rain isn't, I don't think it's a weird thing to like. Yeah, no, I do quite like it. <clears throat> I, I quite like as well, and Lisa hates this, is I quite like going to bed and having the blind open in the bedroom. So I can look out and like see the sky and see the stars and stuff like that. That's a little bit weirder, yeah, I like it to be pitch black or as dark as it can get. I like to see outside and she doesn't because obviously the sun comes in the morning and wakes her up and stuff like that. I think that's a little bit stranger, mate, like, maybe it's a, maybe it goes back to the caveman days where you would sleep outside and you would see the stars and shit like that, you've still retained a little bit of that, fuck knows, but pins and needles as well, that's got a sort of scientific name um, everybody's had pins and needles I tend to get it when I go for a big long jobby my <laughs> that's the only fo- time I get it as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah we end up sitting in your phone by accident for 20 yeah. minutes and then you got uh-huh. up and the fit's fucked yeah yeah you need to be careful because you if you get up too quickly the pins <laughs> will fall over imagine falling over by dirty arse <laughs> I know uh, that's called para parathesia basically that pins oh, and needles dear. that you get generally yeah, it's a stupid thing that yeah. Or sometimes I get it, I suppose, if, I, if I've been lying in a funny position, I might get it in my arm. But generally, I only tend to get it after a fairly mammoth toilet session. <laughs> uh, there's been a few of them this weekend. <laughs> the, the the unreachable spot between your shoulder blades is your acnestis. Right. Ac- acnestis or acnestis. Yeah, that'll do, yeah. Yeah, that that's always the part that's itchy, isn't it? Like It seems to be... Yeah, there's nothing worse when you get an itchy back and you can't get to it. Um, you, if you're rubbing your back against like a door or the wall in the house like a cat. Yeah, we've got a shoehorn line about the house. I don't think I've ever used to put shoes on, but it does come in handy to get that wee bit behind your back. <laughs> this is a little um, bit again... interesting one about chess, isn't there? Yeah, so if you're playing a game of chess and you're basically fucked and every move that you can make is detrimental to your your chances is called a zugzwang z-u-g-z-w-a-n-g a zugzwang i quite like that it sounds, it sounds rude doesn't it sounds so kind of german i'd imagine it would it would be germanic in nature again i'm just guessing at this but it's more the soviets that are right into their chest so it is so maybe it comes from there but a zugzwang is basically, yeah, you're up shit creek without a paddle in chess. I, I, I've not played chess in a long time, but I used to used to quite enjoy it when I was when I was younger, mate. Were you into chess? No. Not really. Um, I can play chess. I know how to play it. 
my dad taught me because he quite liked chess. Um, I remember in school there was a chess club and I had a look at who was taking part in it and decided it wasn't for me regardless of how much I liked chess. Yeah, I was not. never in a chess club or anything like that, yeah. but I did. My mum used to be quite good at it, so I played with my mum when I was younger and then yeah. one or two of my, my mates in my teenage days, you'd end up sitting, a... having a drink, playing, <laughs> get the chessboard out, basically. Yeah, it's a funny old game. It's, it's one of these ones now where... I can't envisage a time now when I would play chess or when a young person would play chess now because there's so many other things fighting for your attention and fighting for your time. I'm not sure what it would take to make me reach for a chessboard now because you've got the whole world in your pocket and your phone, you've got all the games, you've got all the news, you've got all the media, hmm. anything you want there. The, the idea of playing chess, I think you're, it must be dying out. There can't be that many kids nowadays playing chess hmm. apart from you. You know, they be boffins and that, but I don't be know. boffins. <laughs> That's a word I've not heard in many, 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 many moons. A wee boffin, yeah. yeah. The next one, you, you, you sort of mentioned this earlier, uh, about going to Burger King and so on and so forth. So there's a name for it that comes from German, I think. Yeah, Kummerspeck. Right. <laughs> Kummerspeck uh-huh. is the excess weight you gain from emotional eating. Um, it's literal translation, Jack, means grief bacon. Yeah, I've heard that before, actually. Yeah, I've heard that one, so that's quite a good one, yeah. Uh, grief bacon. I suppose it wasn't really emotional eating you were doing. It's more that sort of hangover eating where yeah, so you, just you get feel carbs, like carbs, get sugar. Yeah, yeah, get the carbs down you, man. I must have drank a two litre bottle of Fanta the other day. Just yeah. guzzling it down and it sloshes about your stomach, but you're so dehydrated that you just need to keep going, man. It's horrible. You keep going at it, yeah. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> it's what a stupid way to behave. This next one is yeah, one of those things. Yeah, it's one of those things that I mentioned. I don't know how real it is, but I do trust the website. Right, Araki butterophobia. Araki butterophobia. That'll do. Is the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth? Supposedly, I've not <laughs> ate peanut butter in half a lifetime. I went through about a week, I think, when I was about eighteen, where my mum. So I'm staying with my mum at the time and she bought peanut butter home one day. And I quite enjoyed it with a little bit of jelly, a bit of jam, basically. But I haven't ate it since. And not really a massive fan of the like Reese's Pieces and stuff like that. Karen's a big fan of the, the peanut butter flavour stuff, but it's something that doesn't really appeal to me. What about yourself, mate? You're a peanut butter fan? Nah, but there's usually, <clears throat> there's usually a jar of it in the cupboard because it, it tends to never go out of date. And... We use it for cooking. We used it, we make I've made like satay sauce out of it and stuff like that before. Um, used it to make like peanut chicken and peanut sticky chicken and stuff like that. So I would use it for that. I, I would at a stretch. This may be weird, right? At a real stretch, I could maybe have it on a slice of toast, but I could not have it on a slice of like raw bread. No, I don't know why that is, but the idea of putting that on actual just bread and eating it, I don't think I could do that. I would always go for the smooth one rather than the kind of the one with the bits in it. But nah, not a big massive fan of it whatsoever. No, not at all. There we are. Oh, a couple before we, we'll go on to festive type ideas to for the second half of the show. But Yeah, so second last one. If you go to Starbucks or go to Costa or something and you get your takeaway coffee and they stick a little cardboard sleeve around it, that little sleeve is actually called a zarf. Again, that's something that I never thought about having a name. No, you just, I just called it a, a, a cup holder. 
Yeah, a holder, yeah, basically. The, yeah. The, the, the not burn your hands thing. And then to wrap this wee bit up, a person known by one name as Mono... Mononymous? Mononymous. Yeah. So like Prince or Madonna. Madonna. Yeah, basically. Yeah, Mono... Mono... Mononymous. Mononymous. Makes you sound like pure... A simpleton trying to say that, but... Yeah, Mon- Mononymous, yeah. So, yeah, again, that's just something I never really thought about having a name, but it does, so... Yeah, that'll do um, for that wee bit. And if you give me just five wee seconds, guys, we'll be back with you. Literally five seconds. Um, some people who don't want to celebrate Christmas, mate, celebrate Newton Miss. You ever heard of this? <laughs> no, what is this? Because Isaac Newton was born on Christmas Day as well. The very famous ah, physicist right, okay. and mathematician. Yeah, he was born uh, 1642 on Christmas Day. So there are some people out there that celebrate Newtonmas if they're not very religious. And a little bit weird, I would presume, if that's the type of shit you're doing at this time yeah, of year rather than celebrating are, Christmas. But, they are fucking uh-huh. idiots. Like, Jesus hasn't been the reason for the season for a long time, right? Christmas has got nothing to do with religion. It's just... It's just a nice time of year for everybody to enjoy. It's you don't need to suddenly look back to sixteen forty two and fucking pick out some mad guy in order to celebrate something different. It's just that's just attention seeking for me. Yeah. He's not really some mad guy that like he is, probably one of the most important scientists ever. But I, I know what you mean. Yeah, there's there's yeah, no need to go back. It happened when it happened when the world was black and white though. Like see if you hadn't done it, somebody else would have realised it by now. Yeah, that, that, I suppose there is always that. One of the most famous Christmas songs ever that I hate is, no, I better be getting this right, is by the Pogues and Kirsty McCall, is it? Is that right, you? That, that is Kirsty McCall, So, yeah, Shane McGowan, is, it, is this the right guy I'm thinking of? You are, yeah, with the, with, with the teeth. Yeah, so he was born on Christmas Day as well in 1957, so that song that gets played over and over again at Christmas, sang by a guy born on Christmas Day, which I suppose yeah. is... Quite a nice little packaged up thing that you can. I suppose it is, yeah. It's, it's funny though. It's not. It's not getting played this Christmas. It's been banned everywhere. That song. Oh, because of the word faggot, is it? Yeah, because it's got the word fa- cheap lousy faggot in it. It's been. It's been banned. It's a song I don't particularly like anyway. So I don't really care that it's not. It's not it's getting banned. No, it's my. It's probably my least favourite Christmas. I don't. Yeah, I'm not really massive into a lot of Christmas songs, but now that you said it, I haven't heard it this year at all. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's amazing that he's still alive um, because he is literally, he lives the life that me and you sampled on Friday night, basically. He is a full-time alcoholic drink guzzler, basically, and he's got got no teeth because of it. Um, I've met him a couple of times, I'm sad to say. Um, I used to work in a hotel and there was a a big event one or two times a year and he was often the guest of honour at it and stuff like that. And he was exactly how you'd, how you'd expect him to be, just drunk and staggering about, basically. Um, the other woman in the song, yeah, yeah total dickhead. The other woman in the song, she's dead. She got she got her head run over by a by a speedboat. A speedboat, yeah. We spoke about yeah. this on something else, I'd imagine. But what I tell that story actually? Do you know the full story? Just is that it? She got I, ran over by a speedboat. Just basically, yeah, just basically speedboat head deed. Basically, um, that th- that was it. Kirsten McCall. I don't know much more about it. I don't know a lot about Kirsty McCall. She's got a really good song. She's got a song called There's a Guy Down My Chip Shop That Swears He's Elvis, which is it's quite a good song. But yeah, she is dead now. 
basically um, someone in the sea speedboat took her head off. While, we, while we're on dead people, Christmas is a time of year that if you are the artistic type, then you might want to keep an eye out for dying, basically. A few people have died on Christmas Day. George Michael, probably most recently. That was only four years ago he died. seemed longer than yeah, that in my head. It really does seem longer. Um, I, I liked George Michael. I thought he was a right cool guy. liked his music. thought he came across quite well in interviews and stuff like that. Uh, liked him in extras um, as well. He wasn't scared of taking the piss out of himself a wee bit. He was good at that. Like I'll, I'll, give him his, I'll give him his credit that because every time he sort of went downhill, he would... Come back and like you says he wasn't that he wasn't scared to take the piss out of himself basically so got to give him a, a bit of kudos for that but yeah very much just addicted to stuff is that right is that was it addiction that killed him I'd imagine. I um, I think it was a bit of that yeah I mean I think he was he was going down a bad road before that because I remember he was that drunk he, he crashed his car into a photography shop at one point as well. Um, not long before all this, and I, I think he was just he, he liked he liked the gear and stuff like that. Was it drugs you get caught buying in a public yeah. toilet as well? Or was he having sex with a guy in a public toilet or I something? Thought, so he I had these plans. Yeah, yeah, he was doing a bit of the old cottage, I think, in one of those toilets. Another guy who was a bit of a psychopath died ten years before that. James Brown, he was a a proper maniac as well. But he died on Christmas Day, two thousand and six. What are your thoughts on James Brown? Any? Yeah, I mean, he used to pull guns in people and stuff like that, didn't he? Car chases. The lot, yeah, like proper felonies in America, yeah. Yeah, he he was, I think he did a lot for music, um, kind of the sort of music he did and all that. He helped kind of bring it more mainstream and stuff like that. He's obviously got an important place in musical history and stuff like that, but I think he was a, a bit of a maniac. Yeah, 1995, Dean Martin, one of the supposedly coolest guys ever. From the black and white days, Colin, so I don't imagine you get much opinion on him, but <laughs> yeah, Dean Martin. Um, he died I don't mind Dean Martin, the, yeah. the Rat Pack and Sinatra and Sammy Davis, they, they are all pretty cool. Um, he's, you know that... I'll get him like, mixed up with somebody, man, I was thinking of Steve McQueen. <laughs> My <hell>. bad. <laughs> right, okay. Um, funny thing about Dean Martin is, so he gets called Dean Martin because he dates like you and me. Um, his actual real name was uh, Dino, uh, Dino Martini. Um, that's his, like, his, his Italian heritage name. He was like Dino... Dino Dino Martini Crochetti, right. I think is his full name, but idiots like us and Americans and that just needs to be Dean Martin because there's no way we'd remember a, a mad foreign name like that, would we? Well, probably not, and it was probably at the time where there was, where there was not just racism, but sort of yeah, anti-Italian feeling and stuff like that, I'd imagine, in America at the time, maybe. So yeah. uh, you, you can't be a Dino, you've got to be a Dean. Yeah, he was quite a funny guy as well, did, did comedy, stand-up comedy and stuff like that, it was quite, uh, quite witted and yeah. stuff, yeah. Um, I think he might have did that first, um, about the old comedy, then he started singing, but I, he, he, even though he was black and white, he was a cool guy. Speaking about comedy then, uh, leads us neatly on to the last guy, that, well speaking a lot about death here, uh, apologies guys, but uh, Charlie Chaplin died in 1977 on Christmas Day, supposedly one of the funniest men in the world, uh, with his, another guy who was, let's say, a little bit dubious in his choices of wives and girlfriends and stuff like that, he liked them young let's be honest about it, a bit of a a horror from what yeah. I've heard, like Marlon Brando supposedly called him like the cheapest, most horrible person that he'd ever met in real life, so there's that dichotomy between being the, the, the funny black and white, no sound guy to what you're actually sort of liking in real life, he was a bit of a horror yeah. supposedly, so 
a lot of my sort of opinion of him comes from <clears throat> seeing him, the, his character on Boardwalk Empire. Um, they kind of had somebody playing Charlie Chaplin on there, and he was a bit of a dick. Um, and then you, know, you hear those other stories as well that he he never bought a round in the pub. Um, he yeah. owed everybody money. He, he got. He got, set, he got set builders um, that were working on his movie sets to build his house, basically, and the house got the nickname the Squinty House, I think it was, something along those lines yeah. anyway, because obviously set builders can't build houses, that's not their job, but he thought he'd save a bit of money and get them to build his house, and it was all fucked and squinty, so serves him right, cheap bastard. Ah, fuck him, yeah, yeah, fuck him. Right, one or two wee Christmassy facts, and then we've got uh, a couple of listener Listener questions, basically, that we'll, we'll fire through rapidly. So, um, do you know why we hang stockings by the chimney, supposedly? Um, I don't know, like, because Santa comes down the chimney? Uh, supposedly, it's because of this one poor man, no name, just gets called a poor man. Um, he didn't have enough money to, basically, get his, his three daughters lots of stuff at Christmas, even though back in the day he didn't get a lot of stuff, so he filled up these three stockings for his daughters, so it's got its, its what would you call that? Origin story? <laughs> That's not the right, you know, you know what I mean? Um, in quite humble, in quite a humble place, so a guy felt okay, sorry, yeah. couldn't get his daughter's present, so just filled up a couple of stockings basically, so that supposedly okay. where that started. Um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you mean, this might surprise you, Jack, it might upset you. There wasn't actually a, a reindeer with a red nose, right? And if it did have a red nose, you'd be taking it to the vet. Like, oh, <laughs> what is wrong? Yeah, with it's, it's a, it's, by all accounts, it's a very bad sign for a reindeer to have a red nose. Yeah. But yeah, basically, there was a Montgomery Ward department store in America, and they asked one of their copywriters to create a Christmas story that they could use as a, basically as a gimmick one Christmas. And they come up with the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and then come up with the song and it, became, it just became known as folklore now, isn't it? Yeah, so that was just before the Second World War then that the Montgomery Ward Department store done that. Decorating your house and Christmassy stuff, it sends nearly 15,000 people per year, <laughs> per fucking year, <laughs> to the emergency room and that's just in America, I think, mate. Oh, it doesn't surprise me. Like there's a there's a house not far from us, which was in the news a couple of weeks ago because of the volume of Christmas lights and stuff I had out it. And me and Lisa went a drive to see what it looked like and it was mental. But even just looking like down my street just now, like some people go to real, real effort. I mean, we've put up a tree, right, and we've got a reef on our door and that is it. But the amount of people that have got lights flashing in their garden and They've got candy canes leading up their driveways. Um, There's a nice Santa somewhere. It's quite, I quite like looking at it, but it just seems a hell of a lot of effort. And I do kind of think it is a bit. I would. I think I would be quite. I'd quite like to live in a street where everybody does it. I think it looks a bit weird when it's like one house does it, then it's three houses with nothing, then a couple of lights, then nothing, then a couple of houses with lights. I like when you go somewhere and like every house has made an effort and it looks really really cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we have had some listener mail, which is always good. So if you use two wee settings, we'll be back with that, guys. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. Wonder who it's from. Well, the first one is from Graham, and this is a short and sweet one, I think. Is it acceptable to serve sweet corn with your Xmas dinner? 
Um, no, no, it certainly has not. No, no. Um, I don't. I don't <laughs> like sweet corn. So I certainly don't like it on Christmas Day. Yeah, my wife no. fucking loves sweet corn, and she always asks me to make it. It's like because she was always like having a healthy bit with dinner, and quite often she'll have like a corn in the cob or something, oh. and I need to make it. But I really, really don't like them. Like, Look, I don't mind sweet corn, but it's not an Xmas dinner thing. No, and uh, neither are potato croquettes. Private Eye on Twitter asked a potato croquettes with Christmas dinner. Yes or no? Just a hard no with that one as well, mate, I think. Yeah, definitely not. No, there's, there's there's a place in this world for potato croquettes, for sure, but on Christmas Day you want roasties and you want some mash. You don't want any other, any, any other potato-type goods. Yeah, people go wild for the, the goose fat. Like It seems to be the yeah. only time of the, the year that you hear about goose fat um, to get your roasties to perfection. Uh, Big uh, William Style, who sends in quite a lot of stuff, which is good. Is there ever going to be an Xmas where people don't ask as Die Hard a Christmas movie? I think it is a Christmas movie. It just so happens that it came out in June, like it was a summer blockbuster. But the the writers have come out and said that there are. I don't know if this is just them coming out after it to to big this up, but there are sort of Christmas themes, you know, like return home to see family, um, saving your fam, saving your family. That's not that's not a thing at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that core family unit and, and so on and so forth. And there is the it's obviously set at Christmas. Very briefly, mate. We don't want. To, to get too deep into this, do you think Die Hard's a Christmas film, even though it came out in as a summer blockbuster? It's set at Christmas. Uh, I, I think people spend far too long nowadays arguing about, about it. Aye. Yeah, it's just a fucking film. It's oh. it's a good film, but it's not worth that level of thought. So, yes, it is, if you think so, and if you don't, then it's not. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Dr. Funk, who's your favourite Santa depictions from TV, film, etc.? Again, don't want to go into this too deeply. I quite like Bad Santa. Billy Bob Thornton. I thought he was, I thought he was quite a good he was quite a good bad Santa. But it's something I've not really thought about too deeply, mate, to be honest. I'm not I'm not a massive Christmas film fan, do you know? I don't particularly like films about Santa. Do you know what I mean? Um no, not really, but I think if you if you want to talk about what good depictions of it, then Attenborough and Miracle on 34th Street is very good and also don't know the actor but in Santa Claus the movie very very good as well yes uh, Mr M on Twitter how old were you when you realised the neighbouring jingle all the way as Lionel Hutz or Troy McClure from The Simpsons yeah. I was today years old yeah I was today years old so there you go a little uh, a little a little nugget from the listeners there which is always good to get so um if you've enjoyed what we're doing, as always, we're going to keep pounding you with this. Could you go on your podcast app, preferably Apple if you're on it, let's be honest, and uh, give us five stars, please? Yeah, please do. Uh, a lot of you did it in the last week, which is really, really appreciated. We jumped up from something like 57 reviews to 82. Um, so thank you. Thank you so, so much. But please keep keep doing it. It's, it genuinely will make our Christmas if we can get to 100 reviews between now and Christmas Day. So there's a target for you. Yeah, for sure. So that would be a great Christmas present for us. Now, since we've not had any feedback saying that people don't enjoy this section, we're going to keep it in. So we're going to head to the people's memories, basically, and it's uh, Christmas themed this time. Ding, ding, bang, bang, ding, 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 bang, bang, ding, 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 bang, bang, ding, 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 ding. Email your memories to hello at wrongturnmemory.com. Quite a few people with the same idea here calling uh, Big Daz. I had a mate who once put a dildo. Wait, wait a minute. 
Once put a dildo in, I think he's talking about Secret Santa, yes, and it backfired as all his colleagues didn't find it funny. In fact, I'm sure the word disgusting was one of the responses. I thought it was genius. And this sort of led, <laughs> yeah, I kind of think that's funny as well, but I, I wouldn't do it at work. I wouldn't be dishing out dildos, uh, no, uh, not a chance. But this sort of led a few people to ask the same question, basically. Steve Batch, 23, shite Christmas or birthday presents, basically, is what we're looking at. Uh, GMC also asked and James is basically they've all asked the same question mate so um, I'll start with Steve um, the first bird let's come on use, use a better term than that first lady I lived yeah. with uh, we had just bought a house together and it was getting built my birthday came up and I thought I was getting a PS2 uh, had a few drinks the night before and at midnight she let me open it it was a fucking drill I couldn't hide my disgust <laughs> Right, oh, yeah, fair man. enough. <laughs> surely, surely that is the same as getting your wife an iron or something, isn't it? Like, oh man, I that bought... is the same sort of thing. <laughs> For a joke, I bought can like the the slippers with them like mops on the bottom, basically. <laughs> <laughs> For a... but it was it was a joke and it was taken the way it was meant to be taken. So, um, I suppose that's when you kind of understand when you kind of understand each other, you can get away with that. But uh, when you're getting a fucking drill for Christmas, it's a bit of a bit in the balls. But uh, we've got eight or nine, mate. We'll just quick fire through them before we wrap it up and wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Okay, first one then. A few years ago, someone gave me a novelty chocolate snooker table. <laughs> two things wrong with this choice of gift, though. One, I've never been interested in snooker. And two, I'm a fucking diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> Poor I was 16 and heavily into the rave scene. I can get behind that, mate. I would travel the length and width of the country to go to raves. I was given the Proclaimers album, for fuck's sake. <laughs> well, he would walk 500 miles just to get to a rave, Just to he? get to a rave, uh, I suppose, yeah. Um, I've had some nice presents, but what the fuck were my in-laws thinking about getting me Mo, Sol- Mo Salah's autobiography? Right, sorry, I'm laughing too much. <laughs> I, I've had some nice presents, but what the fuck were my in-laws thinking? Get me Mo Salah's autobiography in French. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. My girlfriend's mum got me a set of cask ales. Lovely, but I've been teetotal for nearly three years. <laughs> oh, that's just not known, man. Oh, that's... This, this is this is good because this is when you know that your mother-in-law just doesn't even like you. Right? She's disappointed in her daughter's choices. I got a selfie stick for my mother-in-law. I'm a 41-year-old man. <laughs> uh, last year, she got me some things you strapped to the bottom of <laughs> the bottom of your shoes for when you're walking in snow. <laughs> Crampons, I think they're called. <laughs> um, I got a mini chopping board, also a small oyster knife. I'm allergic to oysters. <laughs> Again, just not known. We could have, we we could have done with this other day. A box of paracetamol, neurofine, cough medicine, menthol sweets, lemsip, a man flu preparation kit. Apparently, I thought it was oh, going to say a hangover kit because I know you can get them. Yeah, you can get them. Last one, I think. I got some Tassimo Costa coffee pods. <laughs> However, I don't own a Tassimo pod machine. <laughs> oh, what well, again? That's going to be something that's just sitting about the house. <laughs> or that's yeah, one of those gifts that gets passed about. You know, like. Yeah, you will get those gifts every year. Yeah, where you just sort yeah. of, I'll give that to somebody else. Usually, a bottle of champers they get passed about. I think quite rapid, but yeah, that'll do us today, mate. So as always, Colin, cheers, mate. Enjoyed it. We kind yeah, of yeah, so it was it was good fun, uh, very much so. And a wee bit of Christmas stuff at the end. So yeah, I suppose all that's left to say, guys, have a fantastic Christmas. We'll be with you in the new year. Yeah, have a great Christmas, guys, and we'll speak to you soon. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>